what you guys have been talking about. And Bill Gladwell has this great deep voice, so it's kind of like James Earl Jones. But there's something wrong with the tapes, and it got muted like the mumbles from Dick Tracy. So I'm trying to listen in just so I couldn't think. So I'm like, well, what's going on? What are you talking about? So he filled me in. And you've been uh, doing a series called Open Your Bibles. And you've been following the, the part of the story now where we're with David. And he has gone out and as he was in battle and establishing the kingdom and all this kind of back and forth, he was constantly inquiring of the Lord. God, what would you have me do? Do we go this way or do we go that way? And God was responding. And last week you were talking and God, uh, well said for God, he brings provision. So that when God speaks and directs us and leads us, He gives us an opportunity to kind of follow in His footsteps and He's making way for us and providing for us, which I thought was just wonderful. So we're going to continue with the story of David today. We're going to press into that a little bit. Um, as David was following, God listening to him, responding as he inquired, God was doing tons of stuff on David's behalf. So the part of the story that we just finished was David now has reunited the kingdom, right? He had been leading Israel, and then the house of Saul had been leading Judah. Now Saul's out of the picture. God's reunited the kingdom. He has vanquished the enemies. He's done battle. Everybody's defeated. There's no one. And now his enemies are bringing him tribute. They're bringing the best that they have to offer, and they're giving it to David because they're recognizing that they're his servants. Everything is good. It's really, really good for Israel right now. And so David's pressing in, going forward, and he's going to do kind of the next right thing that we're going to read about in 2 Samuel 7. So um, he's going to settle into this new season of being the king. And before we open our Bibles, we're going to uh, pray and ask God to speak to us. Is that all right? Father, we want to inquire of you this morning. Sons of Abinadab were guiding the new cart with the 
very strong this morning. I'm going to church enough. We're just going to have so much to stand. And here's my, here's my deal with you. If you will participate, I will not make you do the hand motions to Father Abraham. Okay? That's my deal. So we just, this is just an opportunity for us to get loud because this is, it was a loud event. So you ready? We're going to do this together. Thank you. 
comes to remind them that God's going to provide for them, no matter what. They're in the desert. They don't have anything. Right? You're exposed in the desert. So what did God do? When it was hot during the day, he showed up as a cloud and he gave them shade. At night, when it's freezing in the desert, if you're ever in there, he showed up as fire. And it could stay warm. Their clothes never wore out. There was food on the ground every day. God provides. It's his promise. That's what his presence does to people that are connected to him in covenant or contract is the word that we would use. So the mark of the contract is also in there. The Ten Commandments, the stone tablets are in the ark. So God's presence promises his covenant. He's committed himself to us. And that is the image for Israel of God's presence. So it's a big deal that God's presence is coming into the throne and the kingdom, the palace of David. It's a really big deal. So it is a huge celebration that's going on. And all these people, it would be, what was happening in the streets as the ark was coming up would be akin to what we would think of in a royal English wedding. Right? People lining the streets for miles and miles and miles, hoping to catch a glimpse, wanting to be a part of this historic occasion. And there's 30,000 men, maybe some other women and children as well. That are there celebrating and doing this incredible entrance, and it all comes to a screeching halt. Everything just stops dead in its tracks. Let's read on. When they came to the threshing floor of Nathan, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside Eli. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of, that, of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. The reality for us is when we are connected, when we desire and embrace and honor God's presence, blessing follows us. Good stuff happens when that happens for us. So Obed-Edom was just a guy that happened to be there, but all this blessing came because suddenly the, the image of God's presence is in his house, and it blessed him and his entire family. But what happened to David? Everything was going so right, so good, and he did the next right thing. I'm going to bring the ark to its proper place. And things go horribly wrong. Does it dies in the middle of stop, the drums stop, everybody drops their head and they just walk off. David responds by being angry, he's confused, disappointed, and it says that he's afraid. He's afraid. This, you know the stories about David, right? I mean, you know, David and Goliath, David and the lion, David and the bear, you know, he, he just... He's not afraid of much. 
suddenly it crashes and burns right in front of him. And I want to make note, you know, when you're reading the stories before it, we make a note always in the scripture of saying, David inquired of the Lord, should we go out and do battle with the Philistines? And God says, yeah, that would be great. And then they, the next day they come back, they want to fight again. And David doesn't assume that yesterday's word was good for today. He stops and he asks God again, should we go to battle with them? And God says, yeah, but this time, you know, swing around the back, and when you hear the wind blowing through the tops of the trees, it'll sound like armies marching. That's the Lord's armies marching out in front of you. Go and destroy them. No note in here when he went to go get the ark. He inquired the Lord. And that made me start to reflect on some of my reality is when things are going good, I kind of start to assume that God's favor. Lewis was aware of this, and he said, uh, just a brilliant writer, quote from him real quick, he said, we can even ignore pleasure. He's addressing the problem with pain, because pain is a problem for us. He says, we can ignore even our pleasure, but pain insists on being attended to. We assume, oh sorry, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our circumstances, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to guys will attest to that. When things are bad, you are beating God's war down to figure out what's going on and why and how and what can I do. What's your perspective on this? This doesn't make any sense. And we just have no problem pounding God. But he's whispering in our pleasures. When it's Still in 2 Samuel 6. Now, King David was told the Lord has blessed the household of Obed Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought the ark of God up from the house of Obed Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Those who were carrying the ark, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. So, First time they're moving the ark, they built a new cart and they drug it by oxen. Now, in my mind, I was always like, you know, Ezra was doing a good thing, right? Because if the you know, oxen stumble and the cart goes off the cart, like that's a party ender right there. You know, like you, you dump the presence of God on the ground. What, what are we going to do? And so I've always thought, like, he was being a good guy. But he wasn't doing what was being prescribed. Because what was prescribed by God was that 
figured out in the law of Moses, and Moses heard from God how to create the ark. He's the one that made it through Adam and Eve, and he had all the rules about how it should be handled and why. Now, I'm, I like convenience, so if I can get something on wheels instead of carrying it, I'm a huge fan of that. Like, that's one of my favorite inventions ever. So I would totally use the car. That just, it makes sense. But it wasn't obedient. And God has ways of doing things, and He likes to share those with us. And sometimes they don't make sense to us. They're not the most convenient, maybe not the most expedient. But if it's what He's instructing, it's important for us to trust Him and to do it His way. So we need to be inquiring about what we're doing and when and made covenant with us, a contract that he will be our God always, and we can be devoted to him as the one true God. So David went back, he did his research, he figured out that the Levites were supposed to carry it, and then the party, you know, six month, three month layoff, but then the party re-engages, and the ark comes into the covenant. So, sorry, comes into the city of David. Now, stuff happens. We get a promotion or a new job. We, we get a new house, a new relationship. Maybe something just, you know, is kind of benign as a new fantasy football season. And all of a sudden, we're kind of full and we're, we're distracted and, and something is giving away time so that that has time. And so you're paying somewhere else to happen. When things are good and God's whispering, we need to find ways to hear God when times are good. It's important for us. Maybe you're just hitting some new milestones. Maybe you just got your last kid out of diapers. That's a delightful season. I appreciate Procter & Gamble, but I like supporting them a lot less. Right? Maybe you just graduated. Maybe you had a big birthday. Where are you for you? Those are miles of 16. That's a little slow. That is a happy birthday. That is a big deal. But we can kind of get caught up. Maybe you just finally hit this financial milestone in your retirement account. You've been angling that. You say, man, once we get to that, then we can do this, this, and this. It's opening all these opportunities, all this, all that. Good stuff. All of those are good things. But if we're just taking the good and doing the next right thing and not inquiring of the Lord. Do you think God was really angry with David over the situation? I think that that was a disobedient act, and disobedience always has consequences. Always has consequences. Don't necessarily think it was Liz's consequence. I'm sorry, Liz's disobedience. It was when, when being told to be and did what he was supposed to do. There's a consequence because we weren't doing what God said the way God said to do it. So it's not that that was a wrong on his part, but it was wrong. And when we're in the wrong, you know, God loves you enough to get you back on track. 
is true. And it's not, he's not malicious. He's not mean. He's not overbearing. He wants the very best for us. It's a thing that we were singing about. He wants that for us. And he is committed to getting us in line with that because it's for our good. So my encouragement to you this morning is let's learn to hear God during the good times. Let's find a way to hear the whisper. He's still speaking. I just get so consumed managing all my blessings that I don't have any time for him. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Okay, so I'm getting ready for this message, and I just got myself in tons of trouble um, with the Lord. Because uh, my youngest is a senior in high school this year, and my wife and I have been scheming and dreaming about all the things we're going to do when we hit the next season of life as empty nesters. And we're like, you know, she's a nurse, and she's like, I'm going to go travel nurse, we'll go to the beach, I'll pay for my apartment, I'll work, and I'm like, I'll go, you know, that, that sounds great. And we just, you know, just all this stuff, we haven't inquired once about what that next season looks like with the Lord. And he's putting us in a place that's spacious and good so that he can invest his goodness through us those around us that I haven't even asked. And she's been out of town, so I've been working on this. She gets back tonight, and I'm just like, uh, I've got to talk to Michelle. I'm like, what? So I'm in trouble because I have not been inquiring the Lord, and things have been really good for us. My kids still like me. We're both gainfully employed. I mean, it's a good season for us. But I haven't been asking the Lord what he wants in this season. And that needs to change for us. It might need to change for you. Neighbors that 
that's what Jesus talks about us. So if we're disciples, if we're followers, we want to look like the leader. That's, that's the goal. We want to walk the way the leader walks and do the things the leader does. So if we are going to follow Jesus, we need to be caring. Because the way he walks in your shoes is not the way he walks in my shoes. Not just what is God saying, but what are you going to do about it? 
shepherd to go fight a giant. But it wasn't crazy. So we want to be there. We want to be people that embrace the kingdom that he gives into this grand adventure he calls. He hasn't called us to fill seats. He's called us to change the world. And that always in my heart has this big, 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 and I can't be a big dick, but I can love my neighbor. And I can change that world. And, you know, you can be honest about your neighbor, too. You could actually just do the person next door. A lot of us don't know our neighbors. Um, so that's got a little bit of bearing to it. But just something where you're hearing God and responding to Him. So this week, another commitment for me. Uh, no singing involved in this one. We're good. Um, but would you ask that question? God, what are you saying to me? Whatever prompts you to get into God's presence and to feel like you're near Him, whether it's a walk in the woods, the Bible, or worship music, or whatever else does it for you. Get to that place, ask that question. And then ask the Lord, what would you have me do about that? Do what you told me. It'll pull your stuff, the things that distract you in the midst of us having a good life with purpose and with meaning. God is a good God. He's got great things for you and those around you. He just wants to see them through. Um, resonates with you, if you feel like you've maybe just kind of been sick of the uh, lazy boy a little too long, got a little remote callus in your hand, and flipping channels, and not, you know, again, not bad stuff, I don't think, you know, I'm not an advocate of living in caves, with one set of 